Yo, 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 if you can hear something banging on the windows like it's gonna harass me and it's gonna get into this household, it's the rain. We live in the UK. By we, I mean me. I'm the solo host of this amazing, amazing podcast. It's called By All Means Necessary. Heard about it? Heard about it? Well, you click the play button so you're now looped in this... (laughs) So you're now looped into this world. You know what I realized? My silent laughter is solely responsible for me not having a career in comedy. Mm -hmm. It's not the fact that I suck and that I'm not hilarious. It's not the fact that I'm actually not even attempting to get into the world of comedy. No, no, it's not the fact that I'm not having stand-ups. Not the fact that I haven't had like a single stand-up ever, no. It's just the fact that my laughter is silent. This has been on my mind for like ever and I'm just like, but why? But yeah, every time I laugh at this podcast, you know, I'm just like, oh, it's either silent mm, or it's just like, <laughs> one of those, like, where I snort it out of my nose. I'm like, that's not charming. You know, you listen to some podcast and you're just addicted to the laughter of the host and you're like, this is why I stay. Why don't I have these guys? I have to focus so much on, like, I, every other skill, which also I have none of. <laughs> just for you not to acknowledge as much the fact that my laughter is not contagious. It's such a hard life. Well, speaking of hard life, or whatever the fuck I was just talking about, remember Black Lives Matter? Mm. Yeah, remember how that was trending for like a whole week? Yeah. Well, that kind of died down, didn't it? So I thought this month I'm not gonna make that die out, I'm actually gonna put it into the spotlight again. Because there are cases that are so either underrepresented which is just so fucking fascinating, but nobody talks about them because, guess what? The victims were black people. One of them is this case from 2017 that I'm covering today that I have heard of a few months ago. Again, when I was doing like the binge of the YouTube channels, I was like, how, how has this not been resolved? And how are people living with themselves with the, with the fact that they have just ruled this thing an accident? Let us dive into the motherfucker. Keneka Jenkins, aged 19 years old, was found dead inside a latched freezer at the Crown Plaza Chicago O'Hare Hotel after attending a party on September the 8th, 2017. Her death was ruled an accident. In this story, we have a victim, no perp, and a department that wanted to close this case by all means necessary. What was their motive? Like, tell us more, Maya. Department wanted to close it by all means necessary. So does that mean that the perp didn't do this by all means necessary? No. Okay? Not gonna spoil the motive, but everybody was kind of shady in this story. Everybody's like, shady as fuck. Like, the shit that I have seen researching for this, rather versions of things that there are online, like versions of even the body pictures, the pictures of the body in the freezer, like, every single bit of this story has been distorted by somebody online. The video footage of her in the kitchen, like, listen, uh, you have no idea what you're diving in. So, let's start off with that party that I mentioned. This was one of those parties that was organized, you know, in in a hotel where somebody books out a room and then they invite, like, tons of guests and the hotel policies chill with it. So, on this evening, like, from different sources, I got the vibe that Kaneka didn't actually tell her family she's gonna go to a party. It was just like, oh yeah, gonna meet up with a friend. 
The party started at 11.30 on Friday, September the 8th. There are like some video footage, you know, from like Snapchat and people's stories online. And everybody seemed to be highly intoxicated. There's also footage of Kanaka moving around the hotel. I'll give you kind of a timeline later on. But when she came to the party, she wasn't beyond drunk. Like she was walking normally. Friends said when they hugged her, you know, they could kind of like smell it off her. She was swaying a bit, but she was there like in her head. Also, people said, like, yeah, she was drinking, but she wasn't the one taking any drugs. Other witnesses said that, like, during this party, even though, like, and you can see kind of in the footage as well, she's not the one who is, like, super expressive or who is, like, at the front just having so much fun. She's the one sort of, like, in the background you would catch in a couple of shots that kind of looked, like, sad. She didn't look like, you know, she was fully enjoying herself. As mentioned, the party was all based in one hotel room. So there's footage of Kenneka like around the hotel between 11.30 and about 4.30 in the morning. So there is like a footage that surfaced from her coming out of the elevator just swaying around the hotel. And at some point, she is in this part of the hotel that was kind of under construction. Like there was nothing happening there. And she is almost falling over. She is literally swaying from one corner to the other. And you can see that at this point, it's kind of, it kind of looks like it's not just like she's drunk, but maybe there is something else in her system. So you see that footage. And then the information we have is that about one hour after, so like that around 4.30 in the morning, at some point in those, in those footage tapes, she is surrounded with her friends. And then you see that she has separated from them. And then you just see her swaying through different like parts of hotel. So around 4.30 a.m., her friends called her mother, Teresa Martin, who then arrived at the hotel at like 5.30 and she was just like requesting basically to see her daughter requesting the footage. And she makes 911 call. And this is like the calmest 911 call you'll ever hear if you are into 911 calls and listening to them. She's just like, they told me they can't show me anything before I make this report. So I'm making a missing persons report. Can somebody help me the fuck out? And this dispatcher on the... Let me just try to play it. And again, if it's removed from the copyright, I'll do a bit of a description after it as well. She said that she did see my daughter there with a group of girls and, and, and a couple of guys. But um, that's all she just saw because she was trying to, busy trying to get reception on her phone. All right, well then, um, you know what? Um, are you sure you don't mean the Crown Plaza in Rosemont? Yes, the Crown, yes it is. I'm sorry, the Crown Plaza in Rosemont. That's exactly where it's at. Do you think it's possible maybe she went to one of her friend's houses or, you know, she's probably... You know, no, actually, because she had my car. She was driving my car. She know I don't like nobody to drive my car because my insurance will not pay for nobody, no one besides her. And um, her friends kept calling my phone. I told them to stay here. They stayed out here, but they called me like about three time in the morning. I was laying in the bed. I just had breast surgery. At breast, you know, I, I thought. So as you can hear, she's just completely trying to reason with this person who is clearly like, well, you know, she might have just gone off on her own. She might have disappeared. It's like, well, then why would her friends be calling her mother panicked at like five in the morning? And this is such a mistake. And a part that I don't understand is like, don't you have at the hotels like security that looks at footage of everywhere at all times? Because this could have been prevented. So the police finally gets to the scene. They finally start giving a fuck. 
and the hotel just like shows them the footage so by the time they have reviewed the footage this is now sunday 12:48 a.m when she is found lying face down on her side inside a freezer we are talking about a walk-in freezer here Again, because there are doctor pictures out there everywhere online, she is lying face down, facing the side of the door, facing the entrance to that freezer. Her sneaker is off one of her foot, so like one foot has a sneaker on, the other one doesn't. And there's like a small cut of blood on her foot. But the biggest problem I have with this picture is the fact that the sneaker is turned the other way around and it's kind of like a meter away from her, like on the opposite side of the freezer. So that's the part where I'm like, how? Even if you just like went into the freezer and then fell over, because again, it's a spacious freezer. So even like, because I've seen her like swaying through the corridors, swaying through the halls of the hotel. So let's say she was still just like swaying. She found herself inside the freezer. It's like obviously it had a button inside, like the emergency button, but like let's say she's drunk, she's out of it, she doesn't even see it. I don't understand the way that she was to fall on her own accord. Because it's like, okay, if you are falling on one side, then you somehow turn 180 degrees to fall over towards the door. Your sneaker falls off your foot and drops a meter away from you in a different direction. And what pisses me off is nobody gave two fucks to actually explain how this can work. Like, there's blood spatter analysis, there's gunpowder analysis. How the fuck can we not figure out how she fell inside this freezer? According to the spokesperson from this hotel, the freezer that she was found in would not lock at all. So according to them, yeah, it did have latches that, you know, would make it, um, would make sure that it can be locked from the outside, but no locks. Presumably that means that she could have gotten out of this freezer at any time. And they said that like on the entrance, like on the inside of the door, that there were instructions of how this self-latching mechanism worked so that they can be released when pushed. But obviously it's possible that the, the it was illegible, that she couldn't have actually paid attention enough to read it. But now, just for a split second, let's focus on this. Your drunkest, drunkest memory. I have blacked out on tequila before and have never drunk tequila again because that was scary as shit. But I don't remember the night. Apparently, I woke up the next morning. I was like, Haha, somebody threw up in the sink. And they were like, yeah, that was you, my fucking dumbass. So yes, I did not remember shit. I just remember waking up the next morning on the bed and was like, how the fuck did I end up here? But that's exactly it. Like, I was out of it. I was unconscious. I don't remember walking on the street. I don't remember coming home. I don't remember any of it. Kaneka, even though she was drunk, like from any footage you would see, she was still swaying around. She was like sort of falling over and stuff, but she would not fall over. She was not like completely unconscious. She was pressing buttons, going into the elevators, going out of the rooms, walking the hallways. Yes, disoriented, but again, not completely out of it. Then you see her walk into the kitchen and then it's the freezer is out of the shot. So you can't actually see when she goes into the freezer. But if somebody is even remotely conscious, you can't tell me that they're gonna walk into a freezer below zero and just gonna decide on their own accord by themselves that, yep, they're just gonna, what, fall down and sleep there. So if I know this, like, I believe every single police officer, the person in the hotel, anybody at that party knows that too. And they're just, like, moving on with their life. Like, how the fuck do you sleep at night? 
knowing that you were never at that position when you were drunk, that you walked yourself into a freezer on your own accord and stay there. And then they found you dead. Like, this gets me so fucking wind up. Because I just know there are police officers that have given up on this case. And what, you're telling me like, no, I, I cannot suspect foul play. I can with 100% certainty tell you, no, this was an accident. Then draw me, draw to me how she fell. Because that doesn't make any sense to me. So draw to me, like, okay, cool, she went into the freezer. How did she fall? How is her sneaker there? What the hell is with the cut on her foot? So, let me give you, like, a rough timeline. So she leaves the home to go to the hotel before 11.30 p.m. So at around 11.30, she arrives there. Surveillance video timestamp at 3.20 a.m. On Saturday, shows her exiting a lower-level elevator. At 3.32, she is last seen on surveillance video, and this is when she's going into that um, area under construction, and she's walking through the first-floor kitchen. Again, hotel people, can we own up to anything? Why was this area open at all? Why the fuck would you just leave kitchen open for people who are clearly staying at the hotel? What, so if they're hungry, they just wander around themselves, make themselves food? What the fuck? At 7.14 a.m., her mother calls the police to report her missing. At 12.46 p.m. that day, uh, his sister files a missing person's report. So, just so they fucking take them seriously. Then, the officers search the hotel, and as the day progresses, they review surveillance video. Then, at 12.25 a.m. on Sunday, hotel employee finds her body. She's pronounced dead at the scene. Which, as you now realize, is about almost two days after the party. Like, had they been speedily doing things, had they reviewed just, or had somebody reviewed the surveillance during the evening, during like old times of day, they would have realized, hey, there's a girl in the area that nobody's at, she's walking into a kitchen, let's investigate that, they would have found in the freezer possibly alive. So they try to justify this, being like, well, that kitchen actually isn't used, you know, this area is under construction, so the kitchen actually didn't even have the lights off. So even the cameras they have had access to were like those motion-activated cameras. And these cameras, they're like, okay, cool, now you're thinking like, hey, maybe they caught somebody else on these cameras. And they did. In the hours of Saturday morning, it was Kaneka, and then during the Saturday evening you see another person entering the kitchen and just kind of like having a glance around the room and then immediately exiting. So they didn't walk in or go towards the freezer, but they never identified this person either. And I mean, maybe that sounds suspicious, but still, it's just, you know, if somebody was in that stranded part of the hotel and they just looked like, oh, what's happening? Why is it dead here? And they just never walked in. Of course, there's doctor footage out there. Um, I'm gonna link below in the description the actual footage out there if you wanna see it. Because there's doctor footage of people just walking after Kaneka. There are doctor images of her online. Everybody just took this story and was just daily mailed up to the freezer girl. This was in the news just because of the sensational story. Like, oh, somebody was found in the freezer and then conspiracy theories started lining the fuck up. So let's dive into them. The first one that came about was, again, just people photoshopping everything. But also it was that her organs were sold on the black market, which is the dumbest one. Because obviously the autopsy is just going to clear these rumors out. If all of her organs are within her, also their images of her, that the police had to release to hush people down. And her body is not opened up, so her organs are all there. So people chill down with that one. 
Speaking of autopsy, the autopsy report found there were no illegal drugs in her system, but her blood alcohol level was found to be about 0.112, which is kind of above the legal driving limit, which would then explain the way in in which she was walking around the hotel. They found traces of topiramate, so this is a drug that's used to treat epilepsy and migraine, although she was never prescribed this medication. And apparently topiramate taken together with alcohol can enforce and enhance the effects of both. And also it can speed up the onset of hypothermia, the presence of which was confirmed by the lesions found on her stomach. When you see the pictures of her in the freezer, once they actually turn her around, she kind of looks swollen, well her face in particular. So the autopsy observed the brain swelling, but this condition is apparently not associated with the cause of death. So on October the 6th, the police department issues the statement that while there was no foul play suspected, their investigation is not completed yet. And now as they're looking into this, they come to the second theory that her friends know what has happened, which is the one I stand by, just because her friends are shady as fuck. Okay, remember I said there's footage of her with her friends and then they have separated you. Basically, what happened is that her friends left her. Let's just call it for what it is. Apparently, she, Kaneka, has forgotten her car keys and her cell phone in her room, yeah, in this party room in the hotel. So her friends offer to go get those items for her and just leave her behind in the corridor. Rule number one of drinking, don't leave anybody behind, go with them. But also, why are you going to pick up her stuff? It's like, okay, cool, she's not in the condition. So what, she's in condition to be left alone? Hmm. Not just that, but also when they called her mother, apparently her friends were in the car that Kaneka borrowed from her mom that night. What the fuck? Like, why did you go into her car? Like, I don't understand how nobody went into the sequence of this. This is why this investigation is shady and shitty, just calling it out loud. So, like, as a police officer, I'm like, okay, cool, you picked up her things because she was incapable of doing so, it's fine, yeah, you left her by herself, cool, cool, shitty situation, but yeah, you made some shitty choices, but okay, but then you went into her car, so what was your plot there? Were you leaving her? Just, like, taking her car? Because what they said to the detectives and to her mom is that they went back to the floor and they was like, oh, Kanika's gone, so what, you just were like, yep, she's gone, chill she's totally in the state to take care of herself let's go into her car what is the logic also their statements kind of remained inconsistent so after they realized that kaneka is not actually on the floor one friend texted another about how she is drunk and missing and then the other one replied find kaneka and i can't believe you all lost her which sounds kind of shady because then why are we not investigating have these friends been together this whole time Because if the two of them have stuck around to go pick up these items, come back, why are they texting each other unless it's some cover-up? The police proceeds to interview 44 people, according to them. 30 of them were in the hotel room for this party. The kicker in this story is that the police report that the credit card used to pay for this room was fraudulent and was linked to a gang on Chicago's west side. And now when I read this, I was like, okay, cool, this is positive, they have something to go off on. Of course not. Nobody wins. 
So I love the police's logic in this case. It's like, let's release all of the pictures because there's a ton of speculation. It's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yep, so we have pictures of how Kaneka's dead body looks like, which I don't know if they have consulted her family on this, but they have never released the details of the person whose card was used. So it's like, okay, so we're not looking into that. Why? Is it because it's a gang? Is it because you think like they're gonna go after you? It's like, you are a police officer. You're already living with yourself. Like, ruling this as an accident. It's like, okay, cool. You can live with that. But then you have something else to go on. And how is this still then an unsolved case? Because you still have something else to resolve here. Like, I understand every police officer is overloaded. Like, they have hundreds and hundreds of cases. Especially Chicago and, like, with gang violence, with everything. But, like, fuck. There is something to go on here. It's not like one of those cases where like literally you haven't had a trace, you haven't had anything in like months, years. And it's like, okay, cool, well, let's just rule it an accident. Let's just rule them that they have died as an accident. No, here there's still something to go upon and to like dig deeper. The hotel also, of course, wasn't of much help because they denied responsibility and they just believed that these are unidentified people who, you know, the, it's the police's fault. Like, they should look into it. And then the police is like, oh, but why is the... Like, why wasn't the hotel responsive? It's just like a blame game. But yeah, the, obviously, every single party here has something to cover up. While the family just has no answers. Speaking of, the family has started a litigation. Also, another thing that I'm gonna put below, by the way, is a petition. Because again, like, there's so many petitions. Like, when I looked into this case, this petition hasn't even reached half of the signatures. What the fuck are we doing? Like, I thought that Black Lives Matter and everything is gonna serve for something. That was for a week, and then all of these petitions have just left unsigned. Cause is just not looked into. I'm in a pissed off mood today. I'm not afraid to show it. So the family filed a 50 million lawsuit against the hotel and the others. So their attorney displayed photos of the freezer door showing that it had a lock button from the outside and suggested that somebody might have locked the freezer door behind her, which was contradicted by the security camera that recorded no other footage on that day or anywhere close to when she was in the kitchen. But then he has said like, the hotel has the means to lock off this kitchen area. There was a plywood door, there was a padlock. Also, why not lock off this whole area if it's under construction? Like, how is that safe for any single person, anybody staying there? They also said the hotel did not respond quickly enough to the inquiries, waited hours to review the security footage, which again could have been done immediately, saved somebody's life. Jenkins also allegedly passed multiple hotel employees who did not intervene, even though she was visibly intoxicated. He also stated that the walk-in freezer did not have adequate safety signage, which kind of, it does look from the pictures. I haven't seen pictures of the door, because like, on every single one, the focus is on her and on that shoe. But it kind of looks like really empty, like for a walk-in freezer, there's not much in there. And now again, I don't know if... That's because it was abandoned, they didn't actually keep anything into that freezer, which again, waste of fucking electricity, why is it on? Just then, that means you're negligent, why don't you switch off every fucking utensil in the kitchen? Why do you have a kitchen just standing there with a freezer that's working? Who the fuck decides on this? Also, they said that the, um, the hotel allowed the room to be booked using fraudulent cards and did not care about the maximum capacity. This room in all of these pictures and videos was full. Fuck maximum capacity, this thing barely had breathing space. 
So they didn't have any safety ordinance because they also allowed underage people to be present for this party. So the hotel was just basically negligent, didn't give a, give a fuck. It's like, yeah, one person booking a room, but you allow, what, a hundred people inside. How does that make you profitable either? Even if you're just purely looking for that, so saving their ass, how does that make you profit then? In terms of background, there is really nothing here, as in the focus is just on this case, just again because they're trying to push this litigation, trying to figure out what the hell has happened, like the background here doesn't matter much, as in where she's studying, like who she was, it just, even if she was to like not to have a family, not to have anybody to look out for her, it's a person, you're just basically ruling off something as an accident without digging into this deeper. Without giving answers to all of these like obvious questions that need to be looked into because they're crime related as well. It's like we're not holding people accountable just by rushing this thing off. So like kudos to her fucking family for staying strong like straight after her death. For being in the right mind to just immediately be like nope we are filing a suit. This is like somebody needs to be held accountable for this because nobody's giving us answers. Also, again, before discussing the motives, just not to insert myself, but why I find cases like this or any unsolved mystery just fascinating, or not just even a unsolved mystery, but those things that are marked as an accident. Just I always think about myself and like what would happen if I was the person that somebody just found did like rule it as an accident because it didn't fit into anything like foul play into any murder scenes and shit. Boy, I would be twisting and turning in fucking grave, haunting your police ass until you actually find the perp. So, I can only believe that she is as well, okay? She's haunting those fucking police officers until somebody reopens this case and looks into it again. Good job, Kaneka, yeah, you, you fucked them over. Now, what could have motivated this if we are to believe that this is foul play? I put as a motive for this cover-up, and I don't mean just like, okay, now, after the incident, the police is covering up, the hotel is covering up, her friends are shady, obviously everybody involved because they went to the party that was paid by a fraudulent card, so you kind of know that the people involved probably don't want to be, like, super public about any of their doings. I mean, shady in a sense that somebody knows something and somebody is involved and covering shit up. Even if we are to say that this is an accident, there is no foul play. I don't think that everything is said out loud in terms of like what happened that night. Just remember the inconsistencies between like her friends going off and leaving her there, then them going into her car. Like, why the fuck are they in the car? And as always, I kind of think it goes all the way to the top. And by top here, I mean the top dog, the person that has been in charge of this party that has kind of planned this thing out, had Kaneka as a guest, paid with a fraudulent card. Because if this is gang related, and I mean, even the police isn't super involved into it and investigating into it, which makes me think like maybe they are scared of it, I, like maybe they're scared of it as well. So if the police isn't digging much, of course, everybody else is just like, no, 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 it's an accident, don't even look into it, it's dangerous, don't even look into it. So, and of course, nobody else, no other parties involved are going to admit their wrongdoing, whether it's hotel, whether it's police, whether it's her friends. So it's easy, it's an easy way out to rule it as an accident. This is kind of criminal from the get-go, even if it is like fraud or white-collar crime or whatever the hell. And you know what I say, if it's criminal in its roots, it's criminal all the way throughout it. Yep, that's another saying that I just invented on the fucking spot. But yeah, Kaneka, you haunt them, okay? You haunt them from your fucking grave until they reopen this fucking case and somebody actually seriously looks into it. And good job to her fucking family. 
<laughs> what I was pissed during this case. I was researching the whole week and I was like, where the fuck are the details? Why is nobody answering these questions? Like, how are you a police officer? And you are not thinking like, oh, yeah, I need for myself, even just like for my personal peace of mind. I don't know the answers to X, Y, Z. Why the fuck are you in a police force then? So, moving on to definitely happy topics and uh, their own brand. Because this uh, story of a haunted place is the story of a hotel. And it's the famous Cecil Hotel. Which, if that name sounds familiar, welcome. You are deeply, deeply into true crime. <laughs> because when I was reading about this, I was like, oh, I know this one. I know a couple of these cases. And let me just say, I never googled it prior to this. Well, there's the famous footage of Elisa Lam. And, or Elisa Lam. I think they should be pronounced. Her name should be pronounced as Lam. But everybody is Americanizing it and pro- pronouncing it as Elisa Lam. So there's the footage of her in the elevator, just pressing buttons and just acting weird. So that's the famous one that's online. But there's... I didn't know how the actual the rest of the hotel looks. And it's one of those places that looks like really basic from the outside, but really posh and grandiose on the inside. I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> it doesn't fit the rest of the story. It doesn't fit any of these stories. So let's start from the beginning, shan't we? Shall we? Let's do it. In 1927, the Cecil Hotel... Currently, of course, renamed as every single one of these places. It's renamed as Stay on Main. Super catchy. Super, nobody's gonna figure that out. Opened with initially 700 rooms. It's huge. It's tall as fuck, okay? In this Art Deco style. And it was initially, the mission was to attract and to get businessmen to book these rooms. It's located in LA. So in downtown LA. But... Because it was 1927, remember Bonnie and Clyde, Great Depression? Yeah, everything hit hard back then. So, because Great Depression hit, the area around it was suddenly immediately populated by more than 10,000 homeless people. Meaning that this plan has had to change, because if they want to stay open, they now gotta accept anybody. Also, the person that built it, William Banks Henner, actually spent 1 million on the 700-room hotel of this style. So, suddenly they're like, okay, shit, what do we do? Now we gotta fucking host any single person. This hosting, like, having as guests, having homeless people as guests would be the least of their problems. Because suddenly there were stories of suicides, murders, serial killers checking in for the night. That just gave a bit of a different taste to the hospitality in this hotel in general. One of the most infamous cases of this hotel was in 1980s that Richard Ramirez was staying at the residence of the hotel, so he's the night stalker guy. I haven't covered that Richard yet. Covered two Richards. This one is still to go. This is for the month of stalkers, okay? Keep your eye, keep your ears out for it. So he would dump, after killing his victims, he would go back to the hotel and would dump um, his bloody clothes into this dumpster and then would sometimes walk completely naked into the hotel and that was not weird to anybody apparently, just so that tells you everything you need to know about this fucking hotel. It was also kind of briefly a home for Jack Unterweger, another Austrian serial killer, who stayed there in the 90s, so in 91. Again, this is speculated, but he was said that like to be copying Ramirez's crimes at some point as well, and that that's why he stayed there. He also strangled women and like killed at least three sex workers. And the most recent, well, one of the most recent and most famous ones for everybody who is into haunting, spiritual things, is the um, stay of the Canadian student Elisa Lam, 
where she appears in this elevator be behaving erratically, just pressing random numbers. That's the video that's, I mean, I have listened to so many people cover this story. It's apparently the one where people are speculating, you know, whether she's possessed, like what is happening, like is somebody haunting her. And it's also unsolved because, so you see the footage of her walking in and out of the elevator, then it looks like she's hiding inside, then she's pressing the numbers randomly. And then she has disappeared. And weeks after, the residents of the hotel, the guests of the hotel, have reported the water, like the water from the taps is tasting odd and there's low pressure to it. And yep, I didn't just mention how the water pressure is like for no reason. So you know where this is going. She was found in one of those water tanks on top of the hotel that was supplying water to everybody. Boy, that must have been a bad day for anybody working for hospitality, just in general, but in that hotel in particular. Also for those guests, you're like, oh, okay, I was drinking water with dead human bits in it. Amazing. What a great day. Story to tell my children. Amazing stuff. And it still remains a mystery of how she actually ended up in this cistern, in this like, tank. And yeah, apparently they have ruled this as an accident as well. Mm, sounds like we're on brand today. But the tank was closed after her, from what I've read, so... She, what, committed suicide and, like, reappeared, like, from the dead, then pulled, somehow went outside, pulled a cistern, like, as her ghost over her head. What the fuck? A bit, like, less infamous ones, but if you know of a case of Black Dahlia or Elizabeth Short, she was also, like, an aspiring actress who was um, found dead in the neighborhood. She was staying at that hotel at the time as well. Again, unsolved. A lot of unsolved things surrounding this hotel. In total, there's been like 16 different murders, suicides, unexplained paranormal events connected to this hotel. There's like a whole Wikipedia page on the suicides of people in this hotel, okay? That's not something like there should exist, like a Wikipedia page on suicides in one single place. But yeah, this is where we are at. So yeah, definitely a place I would want to visit. And then just probably be alive on it 24-7 because I wouldn't trust that something wouldn't just possess me to like jump off a building or some shit because this is fucked up. So yeah, that was a story. I totally fucking love Cecile Hotel though. Can't wait to cover it the mirrors. Just kidding, just kidding. He was a piece of shit. But yeah, on that note, speaking of, you know, speaking of, I would love to pick your brains. I have such a love-hate relationship with that expression because it's like so invasive. I mean, I like the fact that it's in face here. I don't like the fact that it's really graphic and I'm actually thinking about picking your brains. So yeah, what do you think happened to Kanika? Who do you think should be held most responsible? If there was one person to be held responsible? What spooky stories do you know about Cecil Hotel? Do you think you know what happened to Elisa Lamb? But yeah, we come to the end and now look at this. What, what's the time? You're going into your next meeting. How uncomfortable. You should really start up that uncomfortable conversation again with your colleagues being like, remember Black Lives Matter? Remember how that was a thing that made your tweets trend on Twitter for like a week? Yeah, how about we bring that back, huh? Remember how we had a book club once? That awkward meeting with HR, like, do you guys feel heard? Yeah, remember that? And then everybody kind of hushed it aside because it's not a trending topic anymore. It's not a trending hashtag. Like, how can you talk about something that's not a trending hashtag? And then as you sit in silence and watch their faces and watch their freaking facial expressions, just know to self, like, you know, to what degree is your company the whitest company in the world? And to what degree do they resist to change? And, well, if it's to a huge degree 
and they're not looking into improving this, then uh, maybe it's not a company for you. And maybe you just solved your Monday for yourself. And you know you should be starting to look for other opportunities because that's not a company you want to work for now. And then you're out there bringing New Year's resolutions in August because this just makes sense in year 2020. And you're on a pathway to something bigger and better and you're just just leaving those fuckers behind because they don't want to talk about race. They don't want to... They don't want to talk about topics that make them uncomfortable. Fuck those people, we're all about uncomfortable topics here on BAM Network, right? Right. So go on, keep imposing the uncomfortable topics to the world, to your friends, to your colleagues, by all means necessary. You know how we do it here. And in doing so, you keep making the world a better place, one motive at a time. <laughs> now go on, move on with your fucking Monday. <laughs> and remember, I'm not a licensed therapist, okay? <laughs> Just gotta mention that every now and then, yeah, you know, don't rely on me on Mondays, <laughs> nobody. Don't rely on me and my good nature <laughs> to push you through Mondays, okay? <laughs> good nature, God, it's a long ass day, okay? Yeah, go and seek a licensed therapist, please, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was a goodbye, I think I should have signed off a while ago, so, uh, yeah, bye fuckers.